body better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome to episode 196 of Channel Massive. Yay! Hey, Mark. How you doing? I am Mark. I'm still working on a good intro voice. (laughs) We might be talking on top of one another every once in a while, just like we just did. Yeah, we might do that. Recording over Skype. We'll try and avoid doing it, though. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yes. Of course. In this episode, we have a lot of feedback to get through from some new characters that we haven't heard from in a while, which is pretty exciting. Do you call it a veritable rogues gallery? Yes. Or a rouges gallery, if you like. Rouges, if it's, if you're a wild player. And we, unfortunately we couldn't pick a topic for a full blown round table discussion, but we did find a lot of stuff that was smaller and bite sized for the intergeton. So yeah. we thought it might be a little cruel to make the intro get in the entire podcast episode. <laughs> so we've moved our little news selection over into the full roundtable discussion area. So instead of having an intro get in this episode, we're going to tell you what we're playing next. Actually, we're going to get into your feedback next, and then we'll tell you what we're playing and then get into the week's latest scuttlebutt. If you'd that like to share correct. it. Fresh feedback on this episode or any opinions on stuff that pops up in the feedback or any of the news stories, send that into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. We always look forward to hearing from you, and we appreciate you continuing to to subscribe to our show. Keep it coming, and we'll keep it coming. This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Servers. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. If we had a section of the show where we only talked about adjustable rate mortgages, we could call it Armageddon. (laughs) (laughs) We could. (laughs) Something to think about for next week. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Um... What's the pronunciation of Siren? Yeah, Siren. All right. Duh, everybody knows that. Oh, <laughs> no, okay. How to pronounce that O. Maybe <laughs> I did just look that up and uh, found out that um, it's pronounced Siren, so we've been pronun- we've been mispronunciating it this entire time. <laughs> Sorry about that. Welcome to the listener feedback section of episode 196. Mark and I have been debating with each other how to pronounce our first email that we got in 
we've been mistakenly pronouncing mispronouncing his name for many years as Soren because we don't know how to pronounce the O that has a slash through it. And Mark yeah. has found out and educated both of us that it's Siren. Thanks to Danish philosopher Siren Kierkegaarden, Kierkegaarden, we now know because <laughs> it was a big problem for us. We this podcast almost didn't happen because of our our yeah. difficulties, our shame, our shame, our private shame. <laughs> so. <laughs> but we haven't heard from Siren in a long time, so it's really awesome to hear from him. Right, I'm really happy to hear that cool. he still listen to the show right now. And in case you are a new listener or you don't recall, Siren actually is a game developer, and that ties into his feedback for. I think he has some feedback from a couple episodes ago, so this isn't. I don't think this yeah. is directly from the last episode. So uh, maybe he'll write us something else on that one too. But in the meantime, what we got here is an email from Siren that starts out. Hi guys, Mark talked about his son and him playing Spider-Man Friend or Foe. I remember, I remember when that game came out and it got really bad reviews. But most reviews missed that this was really an awesome kids game. It was easy to control, it had skill trees light, and had end bosses that weren't overly difficult to beat. All that stuff made Friend or Foe the perfect gateway drug to more complex games. Mm-hmm. In the olden days, before Microsoft axed down MyGameCard.net, my oldest kid, who was about six then, was the top-ranking player there in the hours played. He really loved that game. And now into something completely different. When we talked about whether or not there should be more AO-rated games, adults-only games. He's saying, he, he brings up that he's working on an M-rated title where they're in the final stage with the characters. And one of the tasks that they have is to make sure that no female nipples are seen or even hinted at. This is in a game that is rated M, where you can throw an axe into a guy's head, break necks, and generally do very horrific stuff to people if you want to. This has always puzzled me. Graphic violence is okay, but nipples are too much for 17-plus-year-olds. But it seems some games can get away with sexual content without any complaints from tabloid media, such as God of War, Dante's Inferno, and The Witcher. They all have nipples. But yeah. I, haven't seen any, I haven't seen any complaints about nudity in those games. Maybe it's just a random thing, and some publishers are afraid to be picked up by the media. Maybe some publishers see it as free advertising if the game pops up in the news, while others are afraid it will damage their other titles aimed at younger audiences. Would it be a good thing if graphic violence would be AO-rated? A lot more games would get that rating, but then the game creators would also have more freedom within that frame. Do you think games like Skyrim, Mass Effect 3, Grand Theft Auto 5, would they be different if they were AO rated? Skyrim mods provide nipples, but what about the more adult quest lines? Would they go there? Again, thanks for an awesome podcast, Siren. Wow, thanks for an awesome email. Definitely. Um, so, on the... Um the Spider-Man Friends are Foe, boy, he was right on the money there. I mean, it really was a good, you know, kind of gateway game for, for my son. Um, and now we're, we finished that one and we're playing, um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance and, um, and it, it's a little too hard for him. So like all, everybody dies that he controls and then it's finally just me left and I have to beat the boss monster, but he's still enjoying it. And it's funny cause he, he's really active with his controller even when he's not playing, so he's moving it around and dodging stuff. It's funny to watch. But, yeah, it's... The reviewers definitely missed, or, you know, 
viewed it from a full-grown adult point of view, but for a kid, it's a great game. So thanks for um, noting that. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm constantly amazed at what graphic violence we can show. Um, but boy, nipples are just crossing the line somehow. <laughs> I just don't I don't understand why the sex stuff is. You know, in other countries, it's not. There's just not all this. I don't know what you would call uh, call it. It's it's not. I don't know if it's like guilt or what it is, but shame, I mean, Puritan- shame, reaction. Puritan shame, puritanical shame. Yeah, it's just it's mind boggling because some of the violence is so bad, and I would really rather uh, my kids see. Yeah, assuming my hypothetical children that are older than the ones I have, um, <laughs> what I would really rather them see someone naked, you know, than some of the just destruction to the human body that you see in some of these shows. It's it's just not appropriate. So I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I don't get it. I don't understand the ratings. Did you have any thoughts on that one, Noah? As far as the um. What would happen if, um, like, Skyrim, Mass Effect 3, or GTA 5 would, were AO rated? Like, what that would do to the storylines? Because I thought that was a great question. It is, it is a really good question. Because I don't know how much more violent or gory mature rated games could get within the realm of an adults-only rating without just being gratuitous. Right. I, because games are so over-the-top violent now anyways. But if it were other scenarios, such as stuff, I don't know, related to drugs or prostitution, adult themes, not necessarily violent stuff, Right. I definitely think those games could potentially be more shocking and perhaps more interesting. I don't know. <clears throat> Again, it's like the idea of the torture porn horror movies such oh, as God. saw and saw too oh yeah those i can't are, stand those movies yeah it's it's definitely too much of a certain thing i'm not going to say it's too much of a good thing and those get greenlit as r-rated movies i feel like it'd kind of be like that if the violence angle was amped where yeah. it just becomes either numbing or desensitizing or just not even effective Right. you really get off on it. And I'm not sure that it would help storylines to get that excessively violent. Other adult content, I don't know. The nipple point is a really good thing to bring up because Dante's Inferno has nipples, vaginas, and penises all over the place. <laughs> it's <laughs> like an shocking. painting. Yeah, I mean, even... A, literal you know these are literal there's both geiger-esque versions of it and also literal it's naked dudes and women running around (laughs) with their junk hanging out (laughs) and just like whoa and it was really shocking that it was actually included and it's so funny to hear that there's a broad range of standards and that some developers and publishers get even more nervous about it yeah such as sirens that it's just like, why do they have to worry about it? Because I've seen that line crossed over and over and over in one game alone that has not only nudity and really gory monsters and bodies being ripped apart, violence, uh, but also very religious 
uh, iconography, like crosses burning and falling upside down and lots of satanic type stuff. I mean, that game has it all. Right. It's really <laughs> achieved something. Yeah, it's it's impressive and it's actually a really great game, regardless of all those those details. It's it's really well done. But yeah, I I look forward to when gaming doesn't have to worry about that stuff as much. And I I almost kind of fear that it might be when gaming becomes more niche and less mass market. Oh, uh-huh. where there's less people paying attention to it, less people worrying about the children. When there's less scrutiny and it's less popular, there probably will be more boundary pushing, which is kind of how it was in the 80s, because there were certainly a lot more sex games back then. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm I'm really it, it freaks me out because the the way that we have to make games marketable by, you know, not having nipples and and. And ha- and having subject matter be you know like prostitution I think was mentioned it has to be vaguely referenced but not explicitly depicted or whatever have you um, it's strange because when you go to read a novel I mean it's there's nothing like that yet it's a form of entertainment you know what I mean like you don't know what you're gonna find in some books you read yeah um, you, you really don't. And there's no way to know, and it's and it's it's just strange. I, I guess it's just a really any kind of arbitrary rating system for me um, is annoying. But it, if they had one that actually lined up the level of violence with nudity, it might make a little more sense. But I, I just I don't know. I don't take it very seriously. For instance, trying to choose um, movies that are acceptable for my son to watch, my five-year-old son, are it's really difficult because you can watch like Captain America, which is rated PG 13 and he had no problems with it at all. He totally loved it, the story. And I think the only thing that was even remotely scary was the, you know, red skull's face. Right. Well, yeah. Yet, yet when we watched, um, Oh, what's the new one with the cat from, um, Shrek, uh, Puss in Boots or whatever. Oh that yeah. Movie. He wanted to walk out of the theater because he got too worried about the character, which, you know, it's rated like G. But it's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just really funny that the PG-13 with all the, the you know, pseudo-Nazis being gunned down and beaten up and stuff didn't bug him at all, um, you know. But anyway, it just makes it really hard to, to figure out what you're going to – you, you, you have to watch movies, I guess – first before you can choose you know you have to be your own rating system i think yeah that's probably that's probably what it always comes down to is you know if we're out really out to protect the children with these rating systems then the parents need to be a little bit more involved i know it's hard to to do that with a movie that's out in theaters obviously although with today's um you know <laughs> leaks on the internet and stuff, it's still technically possible that you could probably pre pre screen most things before, you know, going. But I don't know. Great email though. Yeah. It is very great to hear from you, Sarah, and again and also really cool stuff that you brought up. Thank you very much for writing in. Yeah, and good luck with your um gaming you're working on too. That's really cool. I looking forward to uh seeing that come out. Yeah. Hilgi Scott wrote in, said 
Hi guys, had to reset my cryptic password again because cryptic just realized that they got hacked in December 2010. Way to be on the ball, cryptic. Did you guys get emails from cryptic saying your passwords were, were reset? Noah, if you buy fish in Mass Effect 2, feed them often or they will die. Bye guys, Hilgi Scott. <laughs> so, um, I did get an email. I don't know about you. Did you get my I email? did. I sure did. And I, um, I, I took the, the time to uh, analyze some of the more interesting things that were in the email, and then the, the link that's in the email leads you to a, a you know, prepared statement web page, right? So one thing was the horrible grammar in the email. Yeah. <laughs> As a result of routine security... Oh, should I read it? Or? Yeah, go for I, it. As a result of routine security checks and upgrades... Okay, we're all right there, comma... We have discovered that certain of your account information, including your password, may have been accessed by an unauthorized party. This is the point where I'm going, is this a Nigerian scammer that's going to ask me to prove that I'm the owner of the account by listing my, my full name, my login name, and my password? Um, but no, that didn't happen. It was actually the, the press release that surely was scrutinized in some way. Um, so... They say, if you want more details on the unauthorized access, please read the notification here, which has a hyperlink. A hyperlink, for those of you who don't know, is actually a, an HTML link that takes you from your email to some place on the Internet through the <laughs> leveraging the incredible firepower of the uh, inner tubes, which are bulldozers that move dirt around through the <laughs> Internet network. Anyway, so here's this cool message that says, important customer service notification regarding unauthorized access. And this, the date on this is... This is the important part to grasp, 4-25-2012. And here, it's set. here they go with, At Cryptic Studios, your privacy and security is important. <laughs> As part of our ongoing efforts to monitor and enhance security, we uh, recently detected evidence of an unauthorized access to one of our databases. The unauthorized access occurred in December of 2010. Well, it's good that they have an ongoing effort now to monitor <laughs> security because obviously it wasn't top-notch before if it's taken them this long to realize that they had, in fact, been hacked um, over a year ago. It's only 17 months. Yeah. 18 just, months. It's, you know, and, and the way that things move in the computer world, as we all know, are very slow and... <laughs> And knowing that you've been hacked 18 months ago is, is great for your security posture because, hey, you find out, you know, hey, I, I may have been hacked 18 months ago, but <laughs> I can now react with a cover-my-ass um, press release and everything will be forgiven, right? Um, anyway, they talk about this. Um, and evidence of this has just been uncovered due to increased security analysis. Um <laughs> So, yes, once again, we have to thank them for undertaking, you know, the improvement of their, their security posture with all these different uh, enhancements and uh, the increase increasements, dare I say, uh, a word that should not exist. So um, the, the, this thing continues on. Um, all accounts that we believe were present in the database have had the passwords reset, and customers registered to those accounts have been notified via email of this incident. Um, and it continues on. Here's the interesting part. We are continuing to investigate this incident, and we are taking even further action to strengthen our systems and redouble our security vigilance and protections. I'm thinking they need to maybe 
like re-quintuple or we, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe don't reevaluate. Know. Maybe, maybe, yeah, reevaluate their jobs. Like, I don't know if anyone lost their jobs for this, but, I mean, it's horrible. And they go on to say that, you know, um, the, what was actually um, exposed was first and last name, email address, date of birth. Now, information like that should never get out. Billing address and most of the PAN for their credit card information. So first six digits and last four digits. Um, they have no proof that it was accessed, but since it was all part of the same database, one might imagine that, well, yes, it was. Um, so, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty pretty strong about my safety. <laughs> I don't know about you, Noah. Um, you know, the only thing that's that I know that's good, they have my my old um, billing address and my date of birth and my real name, that's pretty good personal information for them to have. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if I have a new mortgage for a house I don't actually own or you know, get in trouble for... Oh, you'd know by now knows. probably, right? <laughs> no, it was 18 months ago. So, yeah, that's true. I like that they reset our passwords to enhance our security, though. That was... <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's like, why did you Why did you even bother by now? You should, you know, I guess that was the one thing they could do to feel like they were adding some value. But um, I don't know. I don't mean to be so, I don't know, what would you say, con- condescending about it all. But it's just, it's just horrible. <laughs> I mean, it's Pathetic. like these guys, um, so, SOE, uh, I mean, not SOE, um, Sony, um, what do you call it? What's the dang network? PSN? PSN, yeah, thank you. PlayStation Network, yeah. I, I falsely accused SOE, although they probably were hacked too. Um, but, um, <laughs> I'll just throw that out there. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's, you know, getting hacked is something that happens, but how you handle it is, is the other side of it. And not actually, Knowing for 18 months is pretty amazing. Considering they have cardholder information and personal information. Do you think they have audits going on or something during yeah. the last 18 months? You would. Ha- they've obviously been going through. You know, they have to go through PCI auditing for because they accept credit cards and stuff and store the information. So, boy, their compliance folks are probably going. Wow, life sucks here. <laughs> this, this is going to be fun. But yeah, pretty pretty wild. I don't know. That's I, a I good just, way to get your game back out in the press. Yeah. Get people that's thinking about it again. Maybe that was what they were really trying to do. Hey, we're still it? here. We're still here. We still have your personal information. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right here. Somebody looked at it. They didn't take it. They just looked at it. That's all. You wouldn't want to get hacked again. So the only way to reset your personal information and and get it (laughs) right, it would be to subscribe to City of Heroes. Because City of Heroes, that's 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 what we want you to do. So and only with a subscription can you get our double enhanced security methods for your personal data. (laughs) (laughs) Leveraging the very powerful security. Security subsystems that we borrowed from GoDaddy, who's always <laughs> trying to add value with their their you know privacy policies. We've managed to pre- now we don't even need to know your credit card information. We'll just take your word for it that the money's coming in. Checks in the mail. 
It's easier this way for us. Oh, well, beat that one to death, but it was pretty funny. So, yeah, we all got the uh, we got the memo <laughs> announcement, and uh, we were we were suitably horrified. <laughs> but so reassured by that press release. Thank God for that press release. I feel so much better. I was up on the ledge on the eighth floor, you know, I was about to go over, and one of my coworkers fortunately brought me up the press release, and that, you know, that made everything better. You're like, wow, it's like nothing even happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, even know why I was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Our last email in the mailbag comes from Eric, who, if you've been listening to the show forever, he's co-hosted with us before. He went with us to E3 a couple years ago. And he lived. He did. He's yeah. gotten married and grown up and become an adult. I mean, and I was I was <laughs> totally planning on dining on his his liver and fiber <laughs> beans with a fine Chianti, but now we let him live, and he's continuing to 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 survive. <laughs> so he wrote in, "Dear Channel Massive of Tears." I was going to send an email about free-to-play games having tons of large content releases, but I might as well just post a bunch of links to show you and be done with it. Here it goes. And by the way, Eric, we do really appreciate this comprehensive list. It's way cool that you put it together. It is. It's pretty, yeah, comprehensive is the word for it. First up, he lists City of Heroes' latest update, which has a mech suit in it, which I believe Champions was... Scott highlighted a story that was very similar to this. Uh, I think it was City of Heroes. Maybe it was, yeah, he was this particular update. But Eric says, but that's not all. Look at all the cool stuff they had in issue 22 and 21 and 20. He says, this is a crap ton of content, and it isn't really anything new for Paragon Studios. With that said, you could say it's just Paragon Studios being Paragon Studios, but Champions Online just released a large patch taking from DCUO with its alert systems, which allow for super quick in and out hero action. They also work to have smaller comic series and neat League of Legends inspired rotations of free-to-play power sets. Then also, Lord of the Rings Online has its writers of Rohan. Not the writers of Lohan. No, that's a totally different... Speaking of that. <laughs> totally different episodic content there. Yes. <laughs> it's even grosser now. It's Here's a depreciating what... asset for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and EverQuest 2 Asset. has Sorry. expansions. <laughs> and so Eric sums up that these are all games that were converted to free-to-play at a later time. So their content distribution hasn't really changed with the move to free-to-play. All of them are pretty damn fair about being free-to-play also. The, one thing, the only thing that bugs me is that once I've experienced them as a pay-to-play member... I have a hard time going back to being a plebe. And he's like, but wait, there's more. There's the quote-unquote Korean MMOs. These games were made to be free-to-play and are constantly releasing new dungeons, raids, and characters. They do not stand still. For instance, with Vendictus, every few months they come out with something crazy, and then he's got three links. And then Rusty Hearts, new dungeons and character skins, two links. Forsaken World, a link of stuff about the Nightfall expansion there. Anyways, I'm sending this and really close when you guys will start recording. So I just wanted to show that the successful free-to-play games release content very similar to the pay-to-play games. The cream always rises to the top, but this is only a small fraction of the free-to-play games with a crap ton of content coming out. Yep, 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 drops the mic. 
And he said, P.S., sorry if this is really messy, but I don't give a fuck, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a kind of a strange use of the, the P.S., P.P.S., P.E.S., P. I think it's supposed to be P.P.P.S., but uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It it You know, the way he did that, the, the po- postscript, is that what that stands for? Yeah. It, it undermines the credibility of the entire email. <laughs> Therefore, we For me. respond. <laughs> yeah, and we will edit this out of the show. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that it's really cool that Eric illustrated via a cornucopia a of links. Endlessly. And, and he didn't stop there because he's been IMing me this whole time, too. And he has a interview lined up with the community manager for City of Heroes, which he's trying to get done next week and would love to join us for next week's show. So we'll see if we can fit him into our busy schedule. <laughs> well, good luck on your interview, Eric. I hope that it goes awesome. Yeah, especially if that person hears this episode and what we just said. <laughs> oh, no, that's cryptic, though. That's okay. Cause we talked about both of them. But it's Yeah, but not so negatively. That's true. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is really impressive that those games, that the pay-to-play games that went free-to-play haven't petered out in terms of their content updates. I'm not sure if they're quite as ambitious in scope or as frequent as they originally were. I don't know, City of Heroes getting up to issue 23, that's pretty high. But it is really cool that people are still getting their content's worth and getting lots of incentives to continue staying in the games versus those games just petering out and ultimately getting shut down like Star Wars Galaxy did recently. Oh, moment of silence. Yes. A galactic moment of silence. Yes. Yeah. I'm curious if any of our listeners are actually still soldiering on in Age of Conan, Champions Online, City of Heroes, or any of these quote-unquote Korean MMOs, as Eric put it. Yeah. (laughs) EverQuest 2. Yeah. Which was always a game I admired, but just couldn't play religiously. But there's something about it that was cool, but I never quite stuck with it. I thought Vendictus yeah. was really cool as well. I did too, and I couldn't stick with that either. There was something else happening. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Maybe League of Legends. League of Legends. It was League of Legends. Yeah, it's really the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then for you, it was The Old Republic, and then for me, it was RPGs. Yeah, which Single is both are cool. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. Yeah, me too. And I think that's actually a nice takeaway for us to get into what we're playing. Oh, yeah. So thank you, Eric and Hilgi Scott, and of course, Siren, for your fantastic emails. We loved hearing from all of you. And feel free to write in again next week, or if your name did not happen to be in our feedback section, feel free to tell us what you think about the stuff that's brought up, whether it's the content and free-to-play games or pay-to-play games that have gone free-to-play, whether you feel violated by cryptics, lack security measures, or if you have some additional thoughts on the whole adults-only, mature content and game dilemma that developers, publishers, retailers, and ultimately consumers have to face every day. So, Noah, what are you playing? (laughs) So succinct. I like that. (laughs) The only thing I got to play this last weekend, this last week, was Apartment Hunt, 
Woo! Really? Yeah. Really unpleasant way to spend your free time. But if it ends up saving you money, it's worth it. But in spite of many spreadsheets that I put together and trips to apartment complexes and comparing the data and crunching the numbers and checking the availability and taking pictures and dealing with some really haggy apartment managers, Mm -hmm. uh, I have decided I'm going to stay where I am for the oh, short. Oh, that's cool. For at least one more year, so I kind of view the next year as potentially my season finale at this current apartment <laughs> complex because uh, <laughs> they're cool. raising my rent and adding a pet rent at the same time, which I think is a big pile of BS. But I'm not going to be saving a lot of money to go somewhere else unless gas prices go up to like five or six dollars a gallon, which who knows they could, and I may be eating my words. Well, you so, and you and Jim both like living downtown maybe and he's going to be looking for a new apartment maybe you should be the odd couple nope sorry i couldn't help it (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's probably about all that i have to say i'm really looking forward to playing um getting back into mass effect 2 and i definitely need to play some more xenoblade chronicles on wii because I have an obligation to for one of my Nintendo Joe podcasts, the Nintendo Heartcast, where we are just Nintendo fanboys. So I've got to play those two RPGs, and I'm dreading the oncoming cloud of Diablo 3. Really? You're dreading it? Yeah, because I don't think that I can play those two big RPGs and Diablo 3, and I should be playing Resident Evil Revelations on my 3DS. It's too much. But at least I know I don't have to start packing up my belongings and getting ready to move, so that should maybe make things a little less stressful. Because <laughs> I want to play them all, but I don't think I have enough time. Like, you, Mark, are racing and struggling to get through your oh character story in The Old Republic in advance of playing Diablo 3 because, and it's no surprise given your your work life and your family life, you have even more limited time to play video games Right, I have a uh, very limited time. And I've really kind of rediscovered my music stuff lately, so I, that's even eating into the gaming. So, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, so that's what's on my hopeful agenda. This weekend I know that I'm going to play a bunch of stuff because one of our buddies that likes to play Dota inexplicably um, he's going to be coming over to play a bunch of video games on Saturday because he just got a 360 last Christmas, and he only has a couple games on it, Skyrim and I think maybe Halo or something like that. So I'm going to go into full drug market mode. mode. <laughs> yes. Like, look at this game. Look at how cool this is. And so we're going to have this total smorgasbord experience. On oh, that's kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. That's Dan. Is that Daenerys' husband? Yes. That's oh, right. okay. Cool. Yeah. So I'll have that to report on next week. Awesome. Well, that's really cool. Well, my my week has been pretty anticlimactic. I had a concert I went to see, and I I had just a bunch of stuff going on. And um, so I'm at like level forty nine with my my character, and I'm you know I'd say I'm a quarter of the way to level fifty, which is the max level for uh, Star Wars The Old Republic. So you're almost there. I'm pretty close, and, you know, I'm just kind of hanging. I'm trying to, I want to get to 50 and then do my story, finish my storyline so I can just do it all at once, you know, and not have to stop and work on leveling. 
Um, so, you know, I think by next week I should be able to report that I'm done with it. And that will put me right at the beginning of May. Uh, so I'll have like 15 days to wait for Diablo 3 to <laughs> come out. Just wait. Pining yeah. for it. Pining away. Just sitting there waiting for the package to come in the mail. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I... I I um, didn't play any League of Legends or do anything else gaming-wise. It was just that. Um, and I'm really still enjoying the game quite a bit, so it'll be kind of interesting. Uh, oh, I did play the um, Diablo 3 uh, beta over the weekend. Oh, how did you like that? So, that was pretty fun, but it was weird because it was so... It was There's like this just like kind of sadness about it that, oh, I really shouldn't get... You know what I mean? I was like, because I shouldn't get be too attached to this because it's all going to be taken away from me. Yeah. So I went. I decided because of that, I was like, I'm going to play the character that appeals the least to me, which is the witch or the demon hunter. And she's um, cool. Damned if she wasn't cool. Uh. <laughs> so she's just like, what's the lady in? Um, uh, was it Caitlyn in League of Legends? Oh yeah. With the pilgrim hat and everything, she's just like that. Except with way more depth and stuff, um, but yeah, I, I played a female, of course, and um, it was really cool. I, I I had I really enjoyed it. I I I think I got up. I don't know how far I got level wise, um, but you know, it, it's the music is. It, I always love the music from Diablo two. I think so good. It's, I actually learned how to play the um, song from Tristan, um, the city. Um, on my guitar and stuff, and I, I, I just always thought it was really cool. And so, you know, they're 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 definitely playing off the themes, um, at least from the first city, um, in this version. You know, it's some really cool music, great atmospheric sound, which Diablo two always had. It has that too. The play, the game system is great. You know, I know we got that sneak peek um, from. Um, uh, what's his name uh, that you you were Ryan with Ryan mm-hmm. when he let us log in, but it just wasn't the same as being able to play without anybody watching you and just you know be able to to go at it. And I really love it. I, I love it already, so I'm really excited to play it. But it'll be really interesting once I get playing it to get up to you know like level ten or twenty or something like that. And what will I start thinking about Star Wars: The Old Republic or League of Legends or you know how's that kind of balance out? It'll be interesting. Because I, I I still there's a lot of stuff even after I finish my storyline with Star Wars Old Republic there's a lot of stuff that I still want to do there's a lot of content that came out with the the God Patch you know in, that yeah. was recently released and there's just a lot of things I still haven't seen in the game um, so I don't think I'll have the Altitis problem with that game but with Diablo three uh, you know it'll be challenging so just looking forward to it and I, I oh. think that probably also further justified for you, your purchase of the collector's edition, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is funny because Eric and I were chatting about that on Instant Messenger earlier That was today. the funniest. They had, Noah forwarded it to me, and it was the funniest exchange I've seen in a long time. I, had to <laughs> la- I just laughed out loud. It just cracked me up. And I, I, I am, they, I don't think they translate as well. Uh, they're not like play scripts by any means. But, but just the gist of it was that uh, I, I think I asked him if he were going to get the collector's edition, and he said that he's thinking about getting it, 
because he was such a hardcore fan of Diablo 2, and he played it so much during college, he actually failed a class in college because he got so hardcore addicted to it. And so he's like, you know, he's like, I should suckle at my demon master's teeth. <laughs> and then he added, and it would piss me off to see Mark with the only angel wings. <laughs> <laughs> and I was saying, I'm like, you know, I was thinking the same too, same thing too. And plus I've never played Diablo two. Everybody I tell that freaks out. I actually said that to Ryan last week over instant messenger. And I got this, shocked all caps what the response like what do you mean <laughs> you have to like you have to play it now you have to oh my god you must play it it's so good and so i was trying to rationalize whether i should get the dust collector edition <laughs> of <laughs> diablo 3 because i'm like well the game's probably going to be 60 dollars by itself and if i wanted to get the diablo 2 battle chest that's still 20 dollars and so that's $80, which is only like $20 away from the collector's edition. And the angel wings, I do agree, are really cool. And also that Soul Shard USB drive that Diablo 2 and the well, expansion Well, and Diablo's skull, which it slots into. Yeah, that, I don't... That's not like something I would have sitting around in my house. <laughs> or probably really? my work desk. Really? Yeah, no, really. Uh, really? really. Don't, try and, don't try and put on an act for the listeners. We know you have... <laughs> Pictures of mythical creatures and Corinthian columns all over your house. You know not. you need to. You know you need to put a demon skull on top of one of those. <laughs> I do not have any satanic-looking demon. No, it's not satanic. It's just you know. <laughs> Mark mythical. obviously has a <laughs> a uh, stereotyped assumption about my living space that I might take offense at here. Any moment. <laughs> Stereotype. <laughs> He's like, it's full of Greek columns and mythical items. <laughs> so you have a water fountain of, 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 of a cherub or something. I <laughs> that <laughs> is not my house. That's Heidi and Franny's house. That's whose house? Heidi and Franny's house. They oh, have yeah. A fountain with the cherub in it. Uh, all right, so we're digressing. So you have uh, a water feature. Okay. I do not so, have a water feature. <laughs> I have a freaking fish tank, which is not a water feature. <laughs> okay. So back to my interchange with Eric. So it's like I was trying to rationalize, you know, so it's 20 bucks, you know, to get the cool USB drive and um, 40 bucks if I'm going to get Diablo 2. And, uh, and, Eric's like, yeah, and you've got all these great character classes, and there's these great cutscenes in Diablo 2. And he's like, you know, it really comes down to $20 to avoid a drunken Mark flaunting a blonde Britney Spears monk lookalike <laughs> with some angel wings at us for 40 hours. <laughs> Why 40 like, hours? Why stop there? <laughs> when you put it that way, that almost <laughs> sells me on getting the collector's edition because it's so true. I just love that you sent it to me, the whole exchange, because I laughed. I was laughing out loud. It was so funny. <laughs> and then he just he stereotyped you as the person who creates the Britney Spears look-alike characters running around with angel look, wings. I have the angel wings that nobody else has. Look, look. Only people who dished out $100 for this game get <laughs> the angel wings. Check it out. Look at me. Look at me. Oh, oh you have them too. I'm going to go somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to play with you anymore if you've got the angel wings, too. I am going to be a princess somewhere else because, obviously, you have the wings, too. This is my show. I'm, yeah, so. 
That pretty well sums up my attitude. Are you going to get Torchlight 2 when it comes out, though? Hell yeah, I'm going to sign up for that. I uh, I couldn't do it from work, but I'm going to do that so I get the... Uh, <laughs> The um, beta you get like you get beta access to Neverwinter, the upcoming Neverwinter Nights sequel slash MMO thing. So uh, heck yeah, I'm really fascinated with what they're gonna do with both of them. So that's only twenty bucks as well, and twenty bucks is a deal. It's another game where we can all potentially get together and reignite the old channel massive dream and tradition of meeting playing together online. One of the things that I saw that is really fascinating, or I heard, no, okay. <laughs> so I was looking into Torchlight 2, and I saw something about four players, but I heard, like, anecdotally through some side conversations with a fellow coworker that there's an eight-player online mode for it, too, which would be awesome if we could get, like, you know, any, any you know, six or seven or eight people playing, uh, just grinding through a dungeon on a, you know, it'd be so fun. So, yeah, I'm... I'm uh, definitely going to get that too. Yeah, early access to Neverwinter can't hurt either. Cause that yeah, that cool. could be cool. It has potential. Neverwinter Nights is one of my favorite RPGs ever. Now, granted, this Neverwinter MMO is being made by somebody else. Cryptic. <laughs> yeah. We'll never inter- let us interview anyone from there ever after <laughs> what we've said. But well, we'd have to get through their security. That's <laughs> right. If if they are as diligent <laughs> in their screening process for interviews as they are with their security, we'll be fine. Yeah. Rigor and discipline. That's what I think when I think cryptic. And patience. And patience. <laughs> Infinite patience given to hackers. <laughs> yeah. Darn you, hackers. In 18 months, we'll do something about you. We'll give you 18 months to finish your operation. Yeah. Watch very closely. Are you going to take that personal information? We'll be watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. We're going to have to we're going to have to wrap up Operation Unintentional Honeypot now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's had a good run, but it's time to wrap it up. <laughs> really the press release. All right, we're closing the doors. We're going to lock yeah. this up. <laughs> yeah. It was Fun while it lasted, but at some point we just have to kind of draw it down. Playtime's so. over. <laughs> Playtime's over, kiddos. Yeah. All right. That's all I've been playing. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. In, and in summary, that's all I've been playing. As, as any, good speech, any good speech should end with telling what you've told, so I'm done playing. Well, and because it's also election season, you should end it with America. Thank you, America. And French people who are having problems with their own election. They can feel our pain. We don't call them French. We call them freedoms. (laughs) (laughs) Then they're freedoms. (laughs) Wonderful xenophobic comment. (laughs) We will wrap up what we're playing and get into our news-tacular roundtable. Time for the round table, which has a, a bunch of stuff. This is like yeah. in except old style and the round table instead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, Mark, what would you do if Nexon bought Electronic Arts? I don't know. I, so, no, you have, 
Well, you have to take into account my perception of Nexon because the only thing that, or the thing that is always at the front of my mind is the press conference we attended with Nexon at E3 where the, I don't remember the guy's title now, if he was the CEO or what he was, but he he comes in and he's got like sunglasses on. He's an Asian guy with long hair, like, like serious hair farm mode. And he um, is Leather totally hung, leather jacket, lots of style, like mega yeah. style points, right? He's totally hungover, and he goes through the spiel and everything. Uh, he's just like uses profanity, says how hungover he is and everything. Goes to the spiel, says makes some really bold claims about Maple Story, like biggest game in the world ever, and all this other stuff. And then says, and now there's an open bar for everyone, and and it's adjourned, and and they have a bar for everybody to go and drink more, and that's all at like what early in the morning or something like that. So that's kind of like my perception is like, just these like crazy young young guys that are like awash with their own power and amazed with you know how well their company's doing, and, and it's it's a crazy thing to think that they could even make an offer. To, eat, to buy EA because of the amount of money that would require, let alone the fact that it's a serious offer and that it's caused, according to the article, uh, EA's um, stock prices to rise. So it, I, I think it'd be cool because, I mean, EA can't do anything worse at this point, right? I mean, they, they're pretty well um, universally kind of, uh, hated, I think, for a lot of the things they've done to franch- game franchises, the way they, the way they go about their business. I mean, they're kind of like the evil empire of gaming right now. I don't so, know. I think Activision is more so than EA, but that's just. You think me. so? I don't know. I guess they're both kind of. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I think EA, <laughs> with their digital distribution model, really made me angry pers- on a personal level. Um, so I think it'd be funny if they were acquired by a South Korean company and and had to embrace that culture. Just knowing that these, you know, these um, executives for however long they have to survive in the company before their golden parachutes kick in are subjugated by these youngsters from Korea with their, you know, binge drinking and rock star kind of... Uh, lifestyle. A, a lifestyle and, and attitudes. It's just a really funny thought to see them just storming the headquarters and... Going to the CEO and going, this was your office. Get out. I'm gonna, you know, make it all cool now. And and you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a, it's a really funny thought to me. So I hope it happens. Yeah, but that would mean that Nexon would own Bioware. Yeah. And Star Wars: The Old Republic could like yeah. flip the switch and all of a sudden become free to play and use 16-bit Maple. pixel art from Super Nintendo. It'd be awesome if it became Maple <laughs> Stories. <laughs> The Old Republic. Oh, the Old Republic, yeah. Like, wow, all of a sudden my evil Sith has, like, these anime eyes. I don't know what to do. <laughs> his head's, like, three times bigger than the rest of his body, and it somehow seems to fit. I don't know. You know, Nexon's really big on the whole free-to-play model and using yeah. microtransactions, so that means that for Mass Effect 3, they could probably force Bioware to make 50 different endings and uh, sell each one at two bucks a piece. Yeah, Just it'd be like... Ending yeah. a la carte. Hey, entitled... Game gamers, you can have it your way. And that's actually a nice little segue to another story that we picked up on that, for Pete's sake, enough already. There's now a community action, quote-unquote, 
being put into play or trying to be organized to encourage Bioware to make the quote-unquote right decisions while developing their new DLC that's supposed to flesh out the ending of Mass Effect 3. And the way that it's supposed to work is that all people who want to participate in this crap, on April 28th, they can turn on their single-player game, which I'm, I guess is Mass Effect 3 or something, all day on April 28th, and then on April 29th, they'll turn the game off. And by turning it on, it'll show how many passionate fans who love the series, and it will continue to buy their products if the DLC provides a satisfactory ending. And then the turn off will demonstrate that um, they refuse to play for a predefined time period to give EA slash Bioware a clear idea of the potential loss of customer support that they will suffer if the DLC is not satisfying. It's just like, really? Is this necessary? It's just so childish. It's almost like beyond desperate now. We've gone way beyond the desperate area for like, look at me. I'm doing something about Mass Effect 3. Pay attention to me. You know, when you're going to make a silly threat, it it should really it should really have like some kind of like actual um, impact or consequence at the end of it. But simply saying we're going to turn it on and then turn it off to demonstrate our uh, numbers numbers the 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 way that you do it right is what I, and I don't know this may be a, this may be a total like fodder for Snopes or whatever but um, I had heard that at one point China was being threatened with invasion and so their counter threat was if you come any closer we will get every single person in our population to stand on our great wall and we'll all jump off at the same time and it'll cause enough destruction to destroy the world and that actually turned an army around see that's how you do it guys okay you have to have some consequence there's nothing in this. It's just, it's so ridiculous. I, I don't, I can't even begin to. Um, I, I'm just waiting for the next one. First, you know, it was the cupcakes. Now it's this turn on, turn off thing. <laughs> I like the way you turn me on. I like the way you. You probably shouldn't have seen that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just horrible. I, I'm, I'm. I'm I'm continuously amazed by the Mass Effect 3 community. Yeah. Our player community. I can't wait till you become one of their their number, and then you'll be able to report <laughs> back to us like, covertly. <laughs> you'll be like, yes, ever since I played Mass Effect 3, I have really strange perceptions of reality and my importance in this reality. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of communities and Bioware and Electronic Arts, Oh my gosh, it's all coming. It's a trifecta. Star Wars Old Republic. That community is apparently not losing subscribers. Right. An interview with PC Gamer lead designer Daniel Erickson said that subscriber numbers for the Star Wars Old Republic community, they've not dipped. It's just concurrent users during peak playtimes have. Right. So that's why there are some lighter server populations here and there. And yes, Bioware's considering merging servers. Thank you, Bioware. Increase the amount of concurrent user population. 
but it's not a priority. And Bioware's looking at anything and everything, quote unquote, to increase or improve, reignite the concurrent user figuring figures. What? I have two comments on that. The first is that yes, you need to consolidate servers, Bioware, because the the majority of them are way too light, and it would make it a lot easier. Well, the other point is, if you don't do that, then what 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 Bioware really needs to do is kind of set up queuing across servers to get into um, you know instances, kind of like what WoW does, as well as for the battlegrounds. Uh, not battlegrounds, but the you know the PvP matches because if the population's so light, it takes a long time for um, PvP matchmaking, and it takes and it's ridiculous to try to find people to do any instances with or you know you, any any flashpoints. Even it's pretty hard unless it's just all the in-game stuff. So I think you know. Both both ideas would be great, but, you know, short of that, just a consolidation would be awesome. The other thing that's really funny is I like to read the comments to these stories, and one of the commenters had the best logic I've ever seen. He said, this story's bullshit because I quit playing two months ago. So I think basically with his statistical skills, he decided that since he quit, that that meant that they had lost a subscriber, in fact, and... Even if it, even if ten new people signed on, that still was negated by the fact that he had quit. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. God love these commenters. There is another great comment to the whole Nexon offering to buy EA. One person said, "I'll take the lesser of two evils and keep EA. I don't want crappy games that make no sense. I want crappy games that make sense." And it's just <laughs> a great. <laughs> Rude compliment, backhanded uh, insult or justification. That was awesome. That cuts on Nexon games, which some of them are good. Uh, but I can't say that I didn't laugh at that mark. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. That's seriously funny. Another one of our favorite companies that generates lots of news and rumors lately is Valve. And you may recall last episode we were talking about Wow, what does it mean that Apple's CEO has gone and met with people at Valve? Are they talking about working on hardware together or improving Apple's game distribution service? What is it? Well, the great guru, Gabe Newell, came out and said, uh, sorry, that meeting didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So Hypothetically, he said, it was an awesome meeting. Yeah. He said, nobody here was meeting with Tim Cook or with anybody at Apple that day. I wish we were. We have a long list of things we'd love to see Apple do to support games and make gaming better. But no, we didn't meet with Tim Cook. So, he said that basically, keep enjoying those rumors, but nothing's (laughs) going on. I love that. I'm glad he came out and said it, though, because... It just seemed weird in the first place. Even we we covered it with some degree of kind of I don't know reluctance to to believe, but now we know for certain that not only did it not make sense from a business perspective, it just didn't even happen in reality. Which is a a, a good thing time to point out that everything you read on the internet isn't necessarily true. Yeah, it may never go away, but a lot of yeah. it's not true. 
Yeah, the lies that are written may be sustained far longer than, you know, the human lifespan, but still, they're bullshit. And that's not all that Newell said in his round of press interviews during the last week. He also explained, in code words, why Half-Life 3, or if you'd like, Episode 3, still hasn't come out. And basically, to sum it all up, is... They've been burned in the past too many times by announcing games early. And just given the way that their company is structured, you know, nobody has any titles. There's no hierarchy. It's just random crap being thrown around and somehow games get made. Uh, (laughs) They apparently change direction all the time and they'll go down a path quite some ways and be like, oh, wait, this sucks. Let's change it. Oh, wait, let's not do that. Let's do this. They just don't want to get people upset and disappointed. When they announce one thing, and then it's like, oh, you know what? We've decided to completely change the direction of this game, and that's probably going to delay it another two years. So that's apparently what's going on with Half-Life 3, is they can't make up their damn minds about how they want to develop the game. And so that's why they still have nothing to say or share about it. And, you know, the cynic in me wants to be critical of that, but then you look at what they have, what they do release and the quality of it, and just how, um, for me personally, Half-Life 1 and 2 were so awesome and, and memorable and kind of set my standard for a, you know, a first-person kind of adventure game. Yeah. And I go, they're crazy genius, whatever it is, the way it works. This, you know, I don't want them to, I don't, I would hate to see them screw their process up to try and meet a release date. So whatever they have in mind, whatever they're doing, if it's their weird process that they work through, I I have a feeling as long as that process is still in existence, then Half-Life 3 will be everything that, you know, we the fans want it to be, and I just have to have faith in that, because everything else that they've released in that series has been just awesome. So. Yeah, I, I believe that the true test that's going to determine whether they still have the magic is going to be Dota 2, because they really oh, haven't had a dud. That's an unfortunate one, because I... <laughs> well, maybe others will enjoy it, but having played League of Legends, I, I can't say that... Um, and Dota 2. And Dota 2. Yeah. I can't say that I'm too excited about it. It's right there on my my uh, imaginary bookshelf next to Heroes of New Earth, so... Which I think oh. is the same comparison I made last week, but I'm still there. <laughs> Just gathering dust now on my imaginary bookshelf. Another thing that I thought would be cool to touch on is we've debated and discussed in a couple episodes about a month ago what would it be like to have the next-gen Xbox and PlayStation block playing used games. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I think we've had... I think there might have been a developer or two that sounded off on the topic, but the most blatant endorsement for it yet just came out from Crytek, who are the folks behind the original Far Cry and, of course, the Crisis games, which are beautiful. Now, something else that Crytek is unfortunately known for is that Crisis 2 last year was the most pirated game out of all the games that came out. And so, (laughs) with that in mind, he says, from a business perspective, if Microsoft and Sony basically didn't allow used games to be played on their consoles, he said that would be absolutely awesome. It's weird that secondhand is still allowed because it doesn't work like that in any other software industries. So it would be great if they could somehow fix that issue 
as well. Boy. I, you know, I, I still think that any other thing that you buy, any other product, despite what what he says about this doesn't make any sense from a software model, like like only gaming software is resellable. I don't I don't know. You see on eBay all the time that you know you can buy um, like Cakewalk um, from somebody who had previously bought it. Um, you know, there's all kinds of software that gets resold. There are specific licenses for. Um, you know, Microsoft's pretty good about limiting resellability, uh, re repurposing of software from one company to another, and Cisco is pretty good about it as well. And by good about it, I mean there's nothing the company that bought it can do to recoup their their investment if they go out of business and try and sell that stuff. But I mean, with any other thing that you buy, if you buy an electric guitar and you and you need to get some money or whatever, you can sell it. And there's no way that that money you bought it once. The person who made the guitar and figured out that all the products that went into the guitar um, and all the effort to assemble it and everything um, would, and and then figured out the margin uh, that they needed to make it profitable to make the guitar. They were rewarded when it was sold the first time and they got their money. And then, if 20 years later you resell that guitar, there's no way that that should somehow that money is somehow the property of the person who sold the guitar the first time because they already got that and it was already built into their product. And I don't see anything different about game um, games. I So, you know, actually this would be a cool one if Soren wrote in since he actually works for a gaming company. Uh, or Siren. Or, what, what's, yeah, God, man. Pronunciation. <laughs> but... But seriously, I, I mean, I, I mean, we, I always have the same opinion. We always kind of say the same things about it. But it just—it's mind-boggling the entitlement. We've talked about the entitlement that gamers have towards, you know, Mass Effect Three specifically. But the entitlement that game developers seem to have for their product being, you know, resold. If you really want to make that money, you need to come up with a service that, you know, offers DLC or something else that um, is a way to get more money out of your product. But expecting that you should be somehow preventing the resell of resale of the product, I think it's ridiculous. I don't know if your opinion has changed dramatically, Noah, but it'd be interesting to, to know. Yeah, I think it's really a question of piracy, which is not the same as the sale of used games. Although some have some people have said it is the same, which I really, really disagree with. No. No, because that's where your argument doesn't work is that, okay, used games that are resold, those have at least been purchased once, whereas right. pirated games have never been purchased at all. Right, right. Uh, so that can be addressed in a different way that doesn't include blocking the sale of used games. And I, right. I still would be really surprised if any console maker would do that. They would really have to come to some unholy agreement that would never happen that they're all going to do it together because the risk of one of the competitors saying and we're the machine that doesn't block used games that's yeah. such a, an advantage and then they announce an alliance with GameStop and yeah and the apocalypse is triggered <laughs> yeah Armageddon occurs 
So, yeah, maybe Siren can t- share his opinions on that, uh, the sale, whether his company has a, a similar opinion or if he feels that there's, that's advantageous to have used games. And is there any, are there any advantages to games being pirated at all? Just another interesting question. Yeah, and I, I, I think it actually helps set up the sequel to the game because people that wouldn't have normally bought it didn't normally buy Well, obviously, the people who buy it on the secondhand market typically weren't around to buy it when it was first released for whatever reason. Yeah. So it might be a way to expose them to the quality of the first release, and then they will be someone who just can't wait and buys the sequel or the, you know, whatever, or another product by the same company. It's kind of a kind of a weird way of, um, you know, of advertising almost. Yeah. So It's that whole, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. Type of mantra that is true in PR. Now, speaking of not being around to get the game the first time, what's your reaction to a remake of Leisure Shoe Larry that's now going to happen, the Kickstarter campaign for the game? was successful, and now a second remake of the original prototypical softcore porn adventure game with lots of great <laughs> jokes is being remade by its creator, Aulo, thanks yeah. to $500,000 in funding. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. I, I guess it wouldn't matter what game it is. I think that that's kind of cool. I really wish it was a, a Kickstarter campaign to remake The Lost Vikings or something. But... Yeah. Um, but you know, I was never into Leisure Suit Larry. I'm I'm not really quite sure. I'm not. I never. I I may have played like five minutes of one once because somebody told me it was cool. But um, I, you know, I'm not very uh, what would you say excited about it. But I think it's a kind of cool thing to see a game getting kind of remade like this. I mean, there's a few kind of. It's a cult classic for gaming. Yeah. Um, and so there's a few others that I would love to see this happen with as well. Uh, like I was saying, you know, Lost Vikings, although because it's a Blizzard title, um, you know, never happen. But my people beloved Turrican perhaps would be one yeah. candidate. The original Syndicate, maybe? Yeah, the original Syndicate, not the the FPS version. Which is um, apparently very good. Yeah, it. I haven't haven't gotten that, you know, because yeah. of the whole gotta yeah. get ready for Diablo 3. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. I think it's a cool it's a cool trend. This Kickstarter thing is really um, the real deal. I mean, people are lining up capital with it and getting ready to roll. So, you so know. I think it's kind of ironic about Kickstarter right now. There was this great editorial on the topic over at GameSpot the other week where Kickstarter is this weird parallel universe where the AAA games are all remakes of old adventure games, if not just adventure games uh-huh. Because it's like, in the real world, the games that publishers and developers put all their money behind are the surefire sequels and franchise iterations. If not, let's make it a first-person shooter. It's always follow that. Where, of course, stuff like that is not being greenlit at all in a Kickstarter world. What's being greenlit in the Kickstarter world are the games that the big publishers and developers in the real world not that the Kickstarter world is a fantasy, but that regular developers would not greenlight. And the meanwhile, what's getting left in the middle is original, independent games, new game concepts right. are not actually getting, more often than not, 
all of the super cool publicity and funding that Kickstarter games are getting. So they aren't getting what they need out of Kickstarter. And of course, big time developers and publishers aren't going to help them out either. So it's still a big struggle in the indie development scene to get a, a foothold in there. And so it's like, yeah, there's this great Tim Schafer effect on Kickstarter, but really what it's benefiting are projects that have a lot of nostalgia built in and cater to people who have been playing video games a long time like we have who are naturally going to be interested in remakes of old stuff that we played in the past. And we're going to probably, just like anybody else, not be very interested in giving away money to some indie development game concept that could really suck and has no nostalgic value whatsoever. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the downer of the whole thing. <laughs> I I was just um as you were talking about it, I was looking at the games section on Kickstarter. Mhm. And um it's really funny because well, it's like a prime example Ogre, which was this um game by Steve Jackson Games from, made 35 years ago, the first publication. They've got a Kickstarter project by Steve Jackson Games to do a um, designer's edition of it, and they already have um, $307,000 pledged. Nice. It's just crazy. It's a perfect like, example of it. Right. It's just, it's just, yeah, a 35-year-old game, but anything original, like something here that I don't, I'm not familiar with, like, here's a, here's a new Lost Legacy card game that somebody's trying to create. $858 pledged. And, you know, I guess it's because what draws your attention is something you know rather than something that's, you know, kind of original. You almost have to see it to believe it, I guess. But human nature, it's interesting. But this Kickstarter thing sure seems to be the real deal. It's still really cool, yeah. I, I can't criticize it because I'm really excited about a lot of the old games that are getting updates or sequels thanks to Kickstarter, because otherwise, as a, as a long-time gamer, there's a lot of games that we loved in the past, that we have a, a lot of fond memories of, that if we were to return to them today, some of them probably haven't aged well at all. Yeah. <laughs> and that said, it's just like the time for those games, particularly adventure games, has definitely passed. And it's like, well, it's, you get yourself into this psychological mindset that, yeah, well... Those games were great. I loved them where they were, and they were good for their time, and I'll never see them again. Single tier. It's like, whoa, wait. Actually, we can return to Oz or whatever you want to, whatever metaphor you want to <laughs> right. use here. So the, inevitably, there's going to be something super disappointing. I don't know which game it's going to be, but there is going to be a game, some nostalgia Kickstarter-funded sequel that's going to suck. Yeah. And I just hope that that doesn't, burn the bridges that have been built so far. I hope that this is an ongoing phenomenon. Yeah, me too. That the current continues. gamers who are, who are young and haven't heard of Leisure Suit Larry and Wasteland and all these other games, that they get to turn to Kickstarter 20 years from now and see games that are really big right now that are going to inevitably be forgotten products of the past. Oh, absolutely. Can you imagine a time where Call of Duty is long forgotten, and a Kickstarter uh, campaign starts up to give it another sequel. Oh, God. 
Yeah, I I don't know that I don't I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Die Katana the Kickstarter, the director's cut. <laughs> so as it turns out, being a video game developer, regardless of how your funding is generated, can sometimes be because Dangerous? of those high expectations, yeah, it can be life threatening. <sighs> There's a really great in depth article over on Kotaku about how it's really common for developers of high-profile games that are super popular, such as the Call of Duty series, to just get death threats. Especially <laughs> in this world of the Internet where people can be anonymous and you know, post stuff really quickly without thinking about it. Just say something really hateful, like such as, there is a, a tweet aimed at a developer that said, Today I go out, buy a sniper rifle, kill you and your family, sell your body to a convicted rapist that is also a necrophiliac. <laughs> oh, God. And just like, really? Can, people can get away with this. It's just so bad. I, I can't even imagine that. I, I mean, I can't... I, can't ima- I would flip if somebody wrote me something like that. You know? Yeah, it's like something that you'd want to go to the police about, but to them, they're like, yeah, this happens. God. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to take that lightly, even though... It's like what happened to Jennifer Hepler weeks ago. Right, right. When she's like, I'm going to make a Twitter account, and she just got raged on for just destroying Bioware from the inside out with her controversial Dragon Age and Mass Effect story ideas. And it's like, what the hell, people? I mean, I'm going to say it. I'm a huge Bioware fan, but I'm starting to think that Bioware fans are just entitled little bitches. And as one, I, I I hope I'm not that entitled, but I mean, I could yeah, the rage directed against that woman for saying stuff that uh, we've all thought it about different things, you know, you know, who 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 among us goes to a job where they 100% agree with like the the corporate um, direction and Kool Aid and all that stuff all the time. She likes story more. Guess what? That's her number one job is writing story. So she doesn't want to sit through a combat system, you know, that's taking the that is the majority of the gameplay. And she said it and people crucified her for it. And, you know, I'm sure there were death threats. And it's like to go after a game developer who maybe made a decision which was controversial to the player community and to make a death threat against them. It's just like, my God, how do you live your life day to day with that much, you know, misplaced rage? You should be mad about other things that are happening in the world, not a video game and not the person who made a form of entertainment that you mostly enjoy or you wouldn't be so committed to this crazy, you know, line of uh, bad reasoning. So, I don't know. Rant over. There's also people out there who are like a former coworker of ours, who I won't name directly, but I'm sure Mark will know who I'm talking about, uh, who don't genuinely think this, but they do this shit just for the fun of it. Because like, he 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 look, oh, I'm going to yeah. post something completely incendiary or obnoxious or offensive right. to rile right. somebody up just because I can. Just a so poke and prod. Yeah, and that encourages the people who are really psycho to bandwagon yeah. and jump on. It's just like, oh, God, you people just... Fucking shut yeah. up. All of you. Yeah. Your mindless rhetoric makes sense to me. Now I find meaning and purpose for my life. <laughs> I have a kindred spirit. Yes. It's just this 
crazy as I am. I too shall be training with my illegal assault rifle. Ah, <laughs> uh, these people. Thank nah, goodness that the developers, I mean, they have no choice but to develop a thick skin. It's pretty much yeah. true throughout the entire game industry, whether you're in the press or you're in PR, you're developers, or even if you're podcasters like us. Yeah. Somebody hates you a lot. I mean, I mean, you know, people like Brad McQuaid pissed me off just because of the horrible way he treated his employees. But I never would have thought to lob, lob a death threat his way. I'd rather just make fun of him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I can't say that if, you know, ever if I met him at like a, an event like PAX or E3 or something like that, I, I would want to just walk away from the guy. I would not yeah. even want a handshake, I'd be like, because I don't trust that guy to mow my lawn, you know, um, let alone lead a company into ruin. But there's never anything, like, personal about it. I mean, it's just, it's weird. It's a weird thing. <laughs> now, speaking of the quality people that you can find on the Internet and in our gaming communities, one enterprising individual on Xbox Live thought, Hey, not only can I play video games up here, I can like set up pot transactions and pay twenty three hundred dollars for an ounce of pot to be mailed to me via U.S. postal mail, and uh, then I can use it to quote unquote help my mom out by reselling it. My God! What? And the great thing is, is this dude tried to be on the down low about it and yeah. put a different name. On the mailing and that, address? And that was what got him in trouble. If he'd have had his own name, it would have never happened. Yeah. And it ended up getting misdelivered for one reason or another. Probably because of the name. Yeah, probably because of the name. And the guy who was the erroneous recipient, this is a suspect part of this story, but whatever. He, he apparently just ripped the package open because he was expecting clothes in the mail. Didn't bother... <laughs> to really examine what the package was. And he's like, oh my gosh, there's a bunch of marijuana in here. So uh-huh. they called the police, and they traced all the details, and Xbox Live enterprising individual was caught. I think and he was expecting a Snuggie, you know, those sleeved blankets you can get at Walmart. <laughs> what, what other item would you be just, like, without... That Rapidly oh. ripping the package over, like I gotta get it, I gotta get it. Especially the camouflaged one, it's quite quite striking. Oh, yeah, it's like comfort, and you become invisible in your living room. You become a, you're, you become a living hunting blind. There's nothing better than that. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think on that note, that's probably enough news. Oh no, you've been the master of segues, and so I want to point out that. You know, they should probably they should probably have tried for some harder drugs like LSD. Speaking of LSD, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I I had to try. You your segues have been just awesome for, throughout this entire news uh, uh, assault on the senses, and so I just had to do it. Well, I can think the only thing you could possibly be referring to. With respect to LSD and our other news stories we have yet to mention, it would be Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Or, well, yeah. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which, you know, 
watching it on LSD is probably pretty entertaining, but also there's allegedly a huge FBI file on Steve Jobs, which lists, among other things, his poor grades in school and his use of LSD. So, yeah, it, it all works out. That one is like a double segue. Cause it, yeah, it no is. kidding. <laughs> Not only is watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original Gene Wilder classic on LSD, probably a, a use of that drug that would make sense to some people. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Potentially Steve Jobs. Yeah, most likely Steve Jobs. It all ties together in that Steve Jobs had this fantasy that he got pretty far along the line executing, wherein the one millionth iMac that was sold would have a golden ticket inside of it that would allow that person to get a full-on Willy Wonka-style tour of Apple headquarters with Steve Jobs even dressed up as Willy Wonka. He had his marketing people, even his designers, create what this golden ticket would look like. And he wanted a custom turtleneck made. Yeah. And (laughs) not surprisingly, marketing did not like this strange idea. And as it turns out, U.S. law doesn't allow such sweepstakes to occur because any sweepstake that does occur can't mandate that a purchase is required for you to enter. And since this whole thing was predicated on being the one millionth iMac sold, Mm. it unfortunately was never to be. That's such a crap law. Because that would have been so cool. It would have. have Steve Jobs take you on a tour of an Apple factory in China. Uh, (laughs) With all the Oompa Loompas working there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe no Oompa Loompas, sadly. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no chocolate rivers. But um, it would have been pretty cool, you know? I mean, it's kind of crappy that you can't do that by law. Yeah. It destroys several dreams of mine. Who knows the crazy, creepy things we could be winning? Well, or the the tour of the Channel Massive factory. Oh, that's true. (laughs) With all the inflatable dolls and real dolls that are stuffed in the rafters of the recording studio. Yeah, Tangled in the Christmas tree lights. I think it's safe to say we've moved beyond inflatable dolls. They're all real dolls now. <laughs> My menagerie. <laughs> Entwined in Christmas lights. Right. Yeah. Stylishly. Yeah. Listeners, don't look up real dolls at work. Oh, gosh, no, please. Or do if you want a career That's not suitable for work. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. But on your personal time, feel free to look them up. Yeah, at home. Might want to turn on the um, uh, anonymous browsing mode too, just in case you have a nosy uh, spouse. Because that could get some <laughs> raised eyebrows. That one. Just I'm being replaced with a doll. Well, yeah, it makes financial sense. <laughs> wow, that's a great way to end this episode. I thought so. Way. <laughs> episode 196 of Channel Massive. Thank you very much for listening to us and cringing at that last moment. Or, or cheering, potentially. Or cheering. Like, or yeah, they really get me. Yeah. <laughs> this is my podcast. This is why I listen. <laughs> Moments like these. <laughs> That's right. Why do I sign up? Share that synergy with us at mail. M-A-I-L. Channelmassive.com. Mark, good show. 
Thank you, Noah. Had a good time. I always enjoy the duos. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. While we're still talking about one thing. And so also we have blah, 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 blah. It was funny because when you were in the intro, when you were talking about how you know, we might talk over each other, I was actually really trying to talk over you, but it was kind of hard. <laughs> I know, I was detecting that. That's why I stopped. I, I was trying. I know, because then you stopped and thwarted me. It was terrible. Interruption. It's like, it's like when you're crushing someone's head and they stick their thumb up and it blocks you. I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Warcraft for 10 years. If I can't play Diablo 3 soon, I might just kill myself.